You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Because uh, it's time to jump into a semester. Some of you have already been here for uh, 10 or 12 days, maybe a couple of weeks. It was about two weeks ago that we were uh, doing a little bowling action. I'm looking to see if there's a picture that pops up with this crew that was doing bowling. Is that pic- There they are, uh, SLCs. Um, I can tell you this, uh, we were really mediocre at the bowling alley. Uh, besides Caleb rushing, he is a strike king. So, yes. <laughs> Caleb set the standard. And we were also, they were really decked up for a great panel with our SLAs uh, last week during training week. Beloved class, we are thrilled that you are here. And this morning, I wanted to let you guys uh, give a little bit of thanks, uh, Beloved and other new students that are here. Uh, there is so much of your student body that worked hard uh, for how you would experience Welcome Week, how you would... Thank you, Andy. Hey, is that better? Okay. So, um, beloved, you have been prayed for by hundreds of people, prayed for by name. And uh, I do want you to be able to say thanks to a ton of students uh, that have worked hard, uh, prepared res halls, facilitated events, made campus uh, look awesome. Uh, they've given muscle to help you move in. And so we're going to do some standing up this morning, if you're all right with that. So just help me out. Uh, students were here for training week uh, to prepare the way for you. So this is who I need to stand up. First year experience leaders, RAs, S, start standing up, FYE leaders, RAs, SLCs, SLAs, executive council. There were student workers on IT team uh, that were working like crazy and going through training. The dining hall team fed us. The grounds team and the housekeeping team made this place look good. And so uh, we can thank them. Beloved class, let's give it up for this crew. Thank you guys uh, for the way you served and the way uh, you are part of how we've kicked off this year and how we meet Jesus right here when we're together as a big community and how we see him present uh, when we live life together in the res hall and in the class and in the dining hall together. We have an expanded spiritual life team. I'm gonna ask them to come up on stage so that you can see their faces and I can help you know who they are. This spiritual life team is here to encourage you uh, to walk uh, as you walk with Jesus, uh, to pray for you. We had an incredible spring semester and out of that uh, outpouring came an outpouring of a spiritual life team. So uh, give a little wave as I say your name the new university chapel coordinator is Rachel Van Lanningham. 
Our Aldersgate resident director is also our discipleship coordinator, Emily Leininger. Joining the team as pastor in residence is Pastor Zach Meerkrebs. You already know her, but carrying the title of ministry associate is our friend, Mrs. Maria Brown. We have three graduate assistants that couldn't be here this morning, Annie Sisk, Lexi Presta, and Austin Davis, who you'll get to know uh, tomorrow at Activities Fair. Brand new with chapel attendance is Rose Evans. Her title is Flex Attendant Specialist, so she needs to know that you guys love her. And our new coordinator of outpouring witness teams and outreach teams is Bridget Campbell. Thank you, guys. It's a great team that's here to serve you, walk with you. Most of us are in the offices up above the Hiccup in the Student Center. Uh, come and see us or find us before or after chapel right down here. Our chapel theme this semester, the story we find ourselves in. The series uh, teaching team in a few weeks will include Dr. Baldwin, uh, Dr. Brian Hull, Jeannie Banter, uh, Pastor Zach, and the story that we find ourselves in, Asbury, is flooded with grace. There's multiple episodes of doubt. There's hard transitions of surrender. And it's a storyline that is woven around redemption and hope from the beginning all the way to the end. Yesterday morning, I was dropping my 16-year-old daughter, Molly, off. It was her birthday, and I was dropping her off uh, for a prayer breakfast at 7 at the church. And the sunrise was magnificently breaking through the clouds. And Molly's an Enneagram 4, so she said, Dad, look at that sunrise. Dad, look at that sunrise. So we pulled in to the parking lot. We had a full 10 seconds to take in the sunrise before she jumped out of the car. The awe and the beauty of a sunrise. How often do you get captured by the beauty and the wonder of creation? And how long does it last? Nature has this way of nudging us that we're in a story that is bigger than us. Summer starts at Asbury the day that seniors graduate. Two days uh, after graduation in April, I was standing next to Nathan Tallman and a Ava Miller. You guys, that was a good place. We were in an auditorium in London, and it was not London, Kentucky. <laughs> Surrendered class graduates Lena and I Isaiah were standing right there with us. The auditorium was about four times larger than, than Hughes. It was about 60 years older than this, Royal Albert Hall. And it was about, let's just say, 100 times more elaborate than Hughes. 
And in the first three minutes that this conference started, we heard scripture and we heard spoken word. And we sang with 6,000 people from all over the world. Our God reigns. And we were small in that moment. But we weren't simply small. We were caught up in a story that was bigger than our own. When are you most captivated by a story that is bigger than your own? The kingdom story in scripture is a story of creation, fall, redemption, new creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the epic story begins, and God saw the earth he created, and you know what he said, it was good. And he saw humanity filling the earth he created, and he said, it was very good. And then you turn the literary page to Genesis 3, and in a hot second, the creation that he made was tainted. And God said to the man, where are you? And God said to the woman, what is it? What is this that you have done? And everything went from very good to very tainted and fallen. And then a plan for salvation starts to unfold in Genesis 12. God says to Abraham, all the people of the earth are going to be blessed through you. And the plan was fulfilled in the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Redemption broke in. God fulfilled his promise to Abraham that all the earth would be blessed through Jesus being and coming out of this lineage of Abraham and Sarah. And the story of Revelation is a new creation, a new heaven, and a new earth, God's dwelling place among the people. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. No longer, no longer will, the, will there be any curse from the fall. The throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him and they will see his face. The story of new creation. This is the story of God. He created and we fell and Jesus came and he's broken in and he has come to redeem. And new creation is in front of us and calling us and pulling us towards itself. And gathered this year, we're digging into the book of Acts. If you didn't pick up a scripture card on Monday, you should be able to see it uh, in your Bible uh, rack that's just in front of you. Uh, one, is, one is waiting for you. Acts is this in a nutshell. It's the apostles living out Jesus' redemption story. They watched Jesus' life, and now the book of Acts is unfolding. They're the first model of what Dr. Brown 
shared with us on Monday. All Christianity is lived Christianity. And so the story that new believers found themselves in was Jesus' story. It was good news. Last February, Zach had us saying, it's really what? The best news news ever. (laughs) They need help this morning, Pastor Zach. All right. It's not just good news. It is the best news news ever. So in Acts 2, Peter is speaking to the city of Jerusalem. These worshipers are not drunk, like you have said. They are caught up in a much bigger story. You may be able to imagine something like this happening. Peter takes the next 27 verses of Acts 2, and he tells the story of Jesus. He ties the story back to King David, and he, and he cites the prophecies of Joel, and he completes the first Christian sermon on Pentecost Sunday, the day the church began. Today, August 23rd, is the six-month anniversary of Collegiate Day of Prayer. It was day 16 of an outpouring experience. And for all of you here last February, almost every chapter in the book of Acts may bring back some kind of encounter or something we witnessed, or something we were told about. I remember walking down the hall on about the fourth day and uh, someone stopped me and said, Pastor Greg, how often does something like this happen? Like, do you see this like every couple of years? I have never seen this before. That was my answer. I've never experienced what almost all of us experienced together. I have three quick questions, and so this is another standing up poll, so everybody's participating. The first one is simple, and this includes beloved class and new students. This summer, were you ever wearing an Asbury t-shirt or any other Asbury paraphernalia or swag, and you were approached by a complete stranger who asked you, about what happened at Asbury. Stand up if you were approached by a complete stranger this summer because of something you were wearing Asbury. That's half of you. That's, that is half of you who are somewhere beyond knowing the people around you and someone asked you a question of what God did and didn't just ask you a question of what God did, but they opened up a door of wanting to know how Jesus was here. You can sit down, thank you. Okay, here's my second question. From February 8th until now, have you shared a testimony from outpouring with a youth group, a college group, a church, 
or somewhere similar, even a festival or a concert. If that's you and you've had a chance to just share a testimony and tell what you saw God did, will you stand up where you are? And as a solid one-third of our campus who's been asked to tell the story and be a witness to the presence of God, not just here, but the presence of God in our world. We had a special gift of seeing how he broke in here. Thank you for saying yes to sharing a witness. You can sit down. Last, of any conversations that you've had since last February, and this includes you, beloved class, maybe they were face-to-face, but they were direct. Maybe, maybe it was a direct conversation you had on social media. But have you experienced someone being skeptical or having doubts or criticism about what you described to them about last February? If you have had that conversation, will you stand up where you are? If you've had a conversation with someone expressing criticism or doubt, we're, we're in this story together. We are in this story together. Thanks, you guys, for standing. We are working out together what God has done in us, what God's done in our midst. And this is the journey of following Jesus. And we work this out best together. In Acts 2, Peter spoke to the skeptics who said that they were drunk. Jesus had said they would be witnesses of the best news ever. From Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, the Holy Spirit had empowered people to speak in another language so that they could fulfill what Jesus had sent them to do, to take the good news from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. The love of God was poured out in a unique way in February that infused so many with peace and love and joy and freedom. The impact was so pervasive that many around the world are still hungry to hear how God moved because they're hungry to see God now. And not unlike the outpouring in Acts chapter two, skeptics are expected who claim that something emotional happened or something besides a move of God. That's no different than a year ago when someone would have doubted the Jesus that you follow. In Acts chapter 2, they were caught up in a bigger story. Somewhere around six to 700 years before Jesus, Joel wrote the words, God said, I'll pour out my spirit. There'll be prophecy, visions, dreams, wonders in the heavens, signs on the earth, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter tells the story very simply. He was a man accredited by miracles, wonders and signs. He was handed over by wicked men. He was put to death on a cross. He was raised. 
And he was freed. He was freed from the agony of death. Our world is begging to know what that freedom tastes like. King David said, I saw God always before me. I will not be shaken. I rest in hope. In King David's story, his praise for God often came out of his own battle. You will not abandon me. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You will deliver me from depression, from anxiety. You can take me beyond suicidal ideation. You have the power to break addictions now, in our world now. Peter said, God has raised this Jesus to life and he told all those gathered that you are the witnesses. This is what we've seen so that we can tell the world he was exalted to the right hand of God. He was received from the Father in the promised Holy Spirit. He's poured out himself so that we can see and hear. And God has raised this Jesus. Peter told them, he has raised this Jesus whom you've crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. And the more than 3,000 that were listening that day were cut to the heart. What do we do? Repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Spirit. When Moses encountered fire at a bush in the desert, he was paying attention. I have no idea if he was emotional, but I know that his life was altered. I can only imagine that Peter was, that Moses, not Peter, Peter was shaken too. Moses was shaken. He was impacted in a way, not just that he would remember the rest of his life, he was impacted in a way that altered every day of the rest of his life. God moved through Moses in a way that altered the course of history for the Israelites. When fire was present in Acts chapter 2, there was at least one difference from Moses at the burning bush. There wasn't one solitary man, but there were 120 women and men gathered around. And by the time Peter was finished telling the story, 3,000 were paying attention to the fire, and they were, they were turning into burning embers. The story that we find ourselves in is much bigger than us. And when we tell this story and it finds us in our own story, lost in our own story, then this story becomes hope and salvation. It's a story that we often don't see until we've failed to find the answers in our own story. It's the story you've heard because it's the story that you've been hungry for, for a hope that is bigger than present reality. He is with us. God is present. It's not just good news. It is the best news ever. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask that you would grow us in this story. Lord, you have revealed yourself to us. 
You have come to us in Jesus. And Lord, we pray as we commit this year to you, we pray that we would be more at the center of the story that you made us for. The love of God coming after us, the love of God calling us, and the love of God being born in us that we may be witnesses to the world of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.